Hello and a very warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and alongside Rachel Burfington's. How are you, Burf? I'm really good, thanks. I know, it's great to be back. I've missed your face. And um, yeah, no, I'm feeling really good, actually. How about you? Yeah, we're we're on good form, thank you. Uh, Christmas is around the corner. Always an exciting time of the year. Um, Outside of the Christmas lights, putting up around the outside of the house. Um, Vertigo is not a strength of mine. Uh, but apart from that, yeah, we're in very good form, thank you. And you are you are back, you've been remodelled, like your house is being remodelled at the moment, hence the uh, the bangs and crashes in the background. But the knee's been remodelled and you're back out on the park. That must be... Because uh, uh, I was in the stand when you, when you did it and it, it was obviously fairly serious and I thought, do you know, I, I, I think that's probably it. And for you to come back, absolutely fair play to you. How great is it to be back out in the park with your teammates oh thanks johnny yeah look there were times when i didn't think i was going to come back from it um but just kept persevering it feels amazing to be back out there like i had my last sign off with the surgeon and i was like my knee doesn't feel like my knee he's like your knee is absolutely fine not going to feel like your knee for at least another two more years so at least when I got kind of got that information like this is just how it's going to feel you're not going to have you know the feeling is the right one but trust me it's solid you've done the work we've done the work as well inside the knee um and then yeah to get out there against South Sharks a couple of weeks ago and just come on and you know, it's been really hard watching from the sideline and not being able to contribute on the pitch with the players and and then, you know, to kick on, have DMP the following week back at the stoop. That was really special. And and then to to play against Saracens this weekend and, and manage to get through all of it. Um, I had Rocky Clark pull, picking me up off the floor at one time and I also had Sonia Green. So the old girls were looking after me um, at a couple of stages during the game. But yeah, I feel really, really honoured to be back out on the pitch and just reminds you you know that it's not always going to be there so I'm just taking every moment that I get and really cherishing it yeah oh well it's 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 great to great to see uh great to hear and yeah there's been uh plenty of you know your current players and there's no better compliments is there to fair fair play for you coming back and, uh, and playing well and, and strangely enough um could you having a bit of a wobble and lo and behold Bosch, Rachel Burford comes back, the uh, <laughs> the rudder, the leader, and we're we're, we're beating the old enemy Saracens. Um, do you know how much influence you have on your team? No, I, well, I think I do have some influence, but I don't. I don't. I think Inch. it's a collective. It's a collective group of us that inspire and influence the squad as a whole. And I think you know, one person just can sometimes put all those pieces together, and then it really works. Um, and I think we've got a really good leadership group at the moment that helps with each of those parts at, at a particular time, whether it was me missing or whether it was, you know, an Amy Cocaine missing or an Emily Scott missing, there would still be that void. And But even if they then replug it, it's not down to them. It's still been a really strong collective group of us that, you know, we knew where we were with those wobbles and we knew that where we wanted to get to. We're just so proud of that performance that we, we did against Saracens and, you know, they we always know it's going to be a hard challenge against them. There's no question about that. But the one thing that we really like took pride in ourselves was just to play, not to not to go within ourselves and just to keep playing even at half time. You know, this we weren't 
really ahead. We weren't fully on top of the game, but just making sure that we go and play our way. And if we're in the right end of the result, but we can walk away, you know, knowing that we went out there and tried to do what we wanted to do, then we could be proud of that still. So, yeah, I think it's it's more effective than just me as one individual. Good. Well, I'm, I'm pleased you're back and we're disagreeing already. Um, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> Um, because there, yeah, there is this, you know, Jared uh, Marlin, your, your your coach, cites you on every opportunity he can uh, in terms of your leadership role, and um, I don't think it's any coincidence that, yeah, um, the fortunes have, have taken a, a step up since your return. So there's some smoke blowing your way. Thank you. um, no, absolutely brilliant. Look, we we we've got a, a great show ahead of us. Um, you are going to chat about a few of the uh, the stories uh, in the last week or so. Uh, get your thoughts um, on those other Premiership games and, and, and drill into the Quinn's areas a, a little bit more. But we, we we've also got uh, Zoe Allcroft, the best, simply the best player on the planet at the moment. So it's going to be great to to chat to her. But we, we we've got to start in one place, uh, and that is uh, over in Ireland again. Um, how many times have we have we said that over the last two, three series? Do you want to take us through it? Um, a letter's been sent, isn't it, by basically Irish women's rugby royalty? Yeah, so give the kind of lowdown of exactly what's happened. So there's been a large group of current and previous international Irish international rugby players that have written to the Irish government concerning their absolute loss in the faith in the RFU. There's over 62 players that have signed the letters that, you know, call on the, the Minister of State of Sport, Jack Chambers, and the Minister of Sport, Catherine Martin, to intervene um, with the IRWU to seeing, you know, multiple, they, they quoted multiple cycles of substandard commitment from the union. Um, they believe that the IRWU has produced inadequate and untrustworthy, untrustworthy leadership um for far too long and lack of transparency over the operations and governments in the women's game in Ireland, particularly surrounding the tender of Anthony Eddy and David Nusifora since 2014. Since Ireland women have missed many performance targets without leadership um and you know scrutiny across the media media. So the letter makes a number of appealing demands, including a transparency and publication of a subsequent review findings and ultimately request guarantees to be made for improvement of Irish women's rugby. Um, there are notable absent in signatures from the contracted via the IRFU for sevens. Um, although through the IRFU in other matters for obvious for obvious reasons as well. So that's quite a lot to take in. Um, but, yeah, it's pretty alarming what's been sent out. It's really brave what the players have set out to do. Um, and now it's a question of what's next, what's going to happen on the back of these, these um, you know, real big statements intent from the players. I think it's... Hugely significant, and it, it, it's it, it's a wider. Um, I know Ali Donnelly's has been speaking um, about this over the last twenty four hours. Just this this a more common theme of, of women's sports people wanting to 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 put their voices out there and not afraid to do it. And obviously, the sevens contracted girls um, are, are, are not on that list of of people uh, signing the letter. You know, uh, it, it would be somebody very incredibly brave to to do that, but. On that, 
on that letter uh, are signings of Kira Griffin, who has literally just stood down as, as captain. So she's been right in it till weeks ago. So for her to sign it, um, the, the head of women's rugby in South Africa, um, Lynn Campwell's on there. Fiona Coughlin, former Ireland captain when, you know, in, in their glory years. Um, Kleena Maloney's on, on there, you know, the, the current Ireland hooker. So, and she was one of those who, who spoke out before, wasn't she? Using sort of the 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 terminology of of slurry being sort of thrown about the place. Um, the government have now said they that they want to, uh, as much as I understand it, want to have a meeting with the IRFU to understand a little bit more, uh, and obviously concerned about this letter. But it's boring. When when, when is something going to be done because we we go round and round they've had numerous reviews uh, as the letter states none of it's ever been made public they haven't met met targets and yet there's people employed to hit those targets as 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 performance directors as as head of women's rugby to to hit these targets and even in the in the press release sorry i'm, I'm going i'm i'm ranting both but even in the press release and you know this is an ongoing issue with the irfu media department um and i've sort of given up trying to communicate with them it's 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 like you know, having a roof rack for a motorbike it's absolutely pointless um but they mentioned the 2023 world cup no no gents ladies that's the men's world cup it's the 2021 world cup pushed back to 2022 uh they also call it the women's world cup well that gender prefix was dropped years ago um by world rugby um, and they're griping uh, at this letter coming out while these reviews are going on, um, while they've done exactly the same themselves. Anthony Eddie was was talking in the press when the reviews were were, were live, um, so sort of potentially influencing them as well. Um, and it's yeah, I, I just find it my last point. It's just ridiculously ironic that they're attacking the, uh, their own players about a letter that depicts them not being listened to. I mean, <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Here you go. It's just, Here's a it's, we're not, we've not been listened to. Oh, we're not going to listen to you again. How dare you write a letter? It's it, it's it's comical. Yeah, it's just it's it's quite heartbreaking when you you step away from your side of frustrations that players have got to this point. They can't just speak to the RFU. They've had to go to the sport minister to say we need help, um, and then. In the fact that it's got to that level and whether you're long retired, whether you just retired, you're putting your name to something that could have consequences. And But it's so strong what how they feel that they're prepared to do that because they, they're not on about the change for now. They're on about the change for tomorrow, for the next group of young girls who want to play for Ireland. That's what they're doing this for, for the longevity of Irish women's rugby to restore what it has been. Is what is what their ultimate goal is, and they feel like this is the only way that they can get through to them. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, as you say, it, it, it's it, it's not desperation because it's 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 clearly very well measured, uh, it's very well written, um, and points are very very clear and succinct. Um, but but it does does come from a, a place of, of of desperation when you see, yeah, how does Cleaner Maloney go from an island camp? Where you can't, you're not qualifying for a World Cup. Back into a a WAS environment, where you know you've got Harry Miller Mills who's just been on a six week camp and she's got this, that, and the other, and la 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 la. It's and it's all professional and all the rest of it. It it must be absolutely heartbreaking. Why why that the, these things can't be leveled off? Just on that, like it's exhausting. Like 
the mental well-being of players going through all of that, let alone, like, I mean, the result is one thing, but going through the roller coaster that they go through, the mental, the mental and physical, emotional side of things on their physical health, like that worries me. It genuinely does. Like, you know, like you say, going back to work, then all of a sudden you're flying back to Ireland, you're doing this, and then you over the weekend, then you're back in work Monday, and then oh no, like it's just there's so much uncertainty, there's so much kind of turmoil that's going on it makes me worried for those players and you know I really hope that those players if anybody is struggling that they're they're asking for help and they've got support systems around them because it it takes its toll on you it's physically draining fighting battles let alone doing all the training and the rugby and the travel fighting battles is physically draining while still trying to earn a living as well um, for, for, for most of these players as well. It's a, yeah, it's an extraordinary situation. Um, look, yeah, I, I think they would have taken great heart from, from, from Wales and the big uprising there. I know a similar letter was sent. I, I didn't know at the time. Um, but yeah, apparently a, a similar letter was sent. And obviously um, Phil Tetiet and um, others started a sort of... Uh, a podcast purely to to get some change going, and we've we obviously seen seen the pathways reinstated now. So contracts come in, um, whether they're enough or not is is a is a discussion for another day. But they're they're on the treadmill, aren't they? Um, as it were, that's a dreadful analogy, but you know what I mean. They're on the right path, and yeah. you can't take steps down the right path. Yeah, you can't take steps down the right path unless you're on the path to to begin with. Just on Wales, I think what Wales have done really well, like like you say, they're on the path. Are they where we need it to be? Maybe not. But what they did do is they held their hands up and said, we got things wrong and we're going to try and change it. And it's not going to happen overnight, but we're going to get some things in place. We're going to listen to the recommendations from the review. We're going to talk to our players. Like, you know, they've had lots of correspondence with, you know, Shuan and Lily Crap and working with a leadership group there. It's like, that's the way to fix things, you know? And, and I'm, look, we just had, or, um, you know, when you ask a player, you know, what do they need to work on? They can easily pick out all the things that they're not great at, right? So, like, let's – the players will hold their hands up to where they've got responsibility in all this as well, absolutely. But I think it's got to start with, you know, yep, yeah, we've got this wrong, we've got that wrong, we we have to change things moving forward. And that's that's kind of the attitude that Wales have had, and that's what I've been really impressed with, Nigel Walker coming in, making a, a very quick impact and putting their hands up to say – Things weren't right, and they're not right, and we're going to change it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, they, they yeah, they, they um, identified, don't they, uh, Antonelli and, and David Newsafora, um, two people that I'm sure done plenty of Monday morning reviews on players. Yeah, who's doing the, the those reviews on, on on those two? And I think that's basically the the the, the short and curlies of it, isn't it? Um, look, we 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 massively hope that this does have some meaningful uh, effect and some long-term effect. Uh, I can't see that it won't because it's out there. And as long as, you know, even, even our tiny, tiny little airspace and, and our little podcast, you know, if, if we're talking about it and, and trying to put pressure on and what have you, but yeah, they, they're a very, very difficult organization to, to deal with not, no access to players um, over the last six nations and autumn's internationals outside of sort of group zoom stuff, which I find extraordinary, but then players are allowed to, to go on other podcasts because they've got a personal relationship. And it's just, it's really unprofessional um, and, and really, really bizarre. So um, yeah, look, as soon as we get some, some other reaction 
to it um, and you know some of those players involved. Um, obviously, yeah, we're not going to ask at the moment because you know, no doubt legal people will be involved in these things, uh, and we don't want to put anyone in a compromising uh, situation. But yeah, as soon as we can get some reaction, we we will. What we can get some reaction to, Rachel Burford, is the lady who has just been crowned the world's best player, Zoe Allcroft. Here she is. Hi, everyone. I'm Lindsay Peace, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Enjoy. It is a, a great pleasure uh, this morning on the WRP. I mean, last week you had the, the best coach in the world in Simon Wilton, and today we have simply the best player in the world, Zoe Allcroft. Thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm very well. Where are you? Where are you now? Are you sort of still floating on sort of cloud twenty-seven, or have you sort of drifted back down <laughs> to about two or three? I am slowly coming back down, but I'm still up there. <laughs> A huge, huge congratulations! Um, what what an honour to bestowed upon you. Um, when did you find out? How did you find out? Talk us through the last few days slash weeks. Um, so I actually found out um, not last Thursday, the Thursday before. Um, so we got told that um, that World Rugby were coming to do some filming and that it was for Mo Hunt. And obviously that was quite believable because it's Mo. Um, so <laughs> I was absolutely bloody clueless. Um, and then, so they came in, the cameras were there. Maggie was at the back, still not clicking on. Um, they did... Um, some analysis our coaches went through some analysis and then Linny was like oh Maggie um Alfonso just wants to um have a little chat like didn't really say what it was about and then obviously Maggie starts like speaking and she goes um England have won like four four of their autumn international games and I was like oh this is a bit weird because like there's Welsh internationals in the room like USA Irish girls in the room and I was like god Um, and then she obviously went she went on and said um about world player and I was like and then it finally clicked and I was like Oh my gosh! Um, so yeah, it was really exciting. Yeah, absolutely from me. Yeah, it's, it's a great little video um, with Maggie there. Yeah. You must be an amazing poker player then to to have not let, sort of let the, the cat out of the bag. Or who, who let the cat out of the bag to the rest of the Gloucester squad? Or have you mentioned oh, so they were all in the room. They're, oh, I see, they're all in the room, but they had to keep it quiet as well. Yeah, so they had to keep it quiet as well. Wow. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's impressive to keep it. Yeah. Yeah. Zoe, who was the first person? Who was the first person that you you wanted to call and speak to when you found out? Um, I rang my mum and dad first, um, and they were so excited. And then I rang my boyfriend Luke, and he was like, "What?" Yeah, they were very very excited. What does what does a, a, an individual award? And, and I, I've got a feeling I, I know the, the answer you're going to come out with, Zoe. But I'm going to try to steer you away from it because you know it, it is the ultimate team game, or certainly in our eyes, the, the three of us on here. But what what is it? Have you had a moment just just to reflect, possibly mum and dad, or, or, or with Luke or whatever, just to say, well, do you know what? I, I have put it in, and I've come back for some pretty serious injuries, and I've I put a run together, uh, and I'm pre- playing playing pretty well. I, I, I'm pretty chuffed myself. Have you had a, a little moment like that, or perhaps brushing your teeth in the mirror or something? You've had a, a wee moment just to reflect on a personal level. Um, yeah, I, I have definitely. Yeah, I always I keep like standing out like worlds like. Well, now, like the world is, I just like find that crazy, but um, um, yeah, I have had a couple of moments where I have thought, Oh my god, I can't believe it! So, 
Uh, and England, obviously, are on a phenomenal run. You know, the, these things tend to come around when, when you know, obviously the, the the team are playing well. Um, what 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 has what has been the the, the difference? Um, we can easily signpost the sort of full professionalism. We can um, go PPP, um, all that kind of stuff. But especially sort of up up front, um, eighteen months ago, two years ago, struggling, sort of scrum time, that kind of stuff. Now you're utterly dominant in virtually every single area of the game. What what, what has been the difference over the last uh, sort of eighteen eighteen months? Um, I um, I would say that um, the big emphasis of us coming into the autumns was how fast we were going to learn stuff. So, like, the detail around our life. Obviously, we had a new forwards coach, Green Louis Deacon. Um, so, it's just that how quickly we could learn all those details around the line-out, around the scrum, about our ball carrying, and how we could put that into each game and, like, look at the analysis of the games and like look what would work for that team but also from that focusing a lot on ourselves and I think that like the girls have worked so hard to know all the information every time we went on the pitch like the amount of line out walk walkthroughs that we do um is crazy but um it's all definitely worth it. Absolutely. What what um what is what has Lewis Deacon um brought brought to the party to to you guys up front? What is he what is he adding to your game? Um, just like the detail around the lineup, like the speed that we get into the lineup now and the tempo that we can go with, just teams through the autumn just couldn't live without, and it gave us a real good platform um, to play off it. And it was one of our biggest strengths in the autumn internationals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 18 games in a row. Um, where where do you see yourself? I, I already mentioned sort of you had, had a bit of a, a bumpy road with, with injuries and what have you. Um, and I know you cited that as a sort of, you know, the reason you, you, you're playing so well is you're one of those players who likes to, I'm, I'm guessing, put, put a rhythm together uh, in terms of game time uh, and back-to-back games. What, what, are you, what are you looking at to, to add to your game? <laughs> he says, cough, cough, asking the world's best player. Um, but but, but where, <laughs> where, where do you think you can, where, where do you think you can still add to your game and grow? Um, I think there's like quite a few things that I could also grow with. I think there's definitely like my ball carrying from close quarter ranges. I think that's one of my work-ons um, this year that um, I really want to work on. Also, um, receiving kickoffs but being lifted into the air to, to do so. I think that's a thing that we could bring in um, to our game so that um, those kickoffs are a real secure part of part of it. And then just all overall distribution skills, like just that catch and pass, like doing it under pressure. So those are the few things that I'm looking to work on going into the Six Nations and obviously through in the Allianz Premier 15 season at the moment. Just, just a few things. This is frightening, isn't it? This is the world's best player um, dissecting her own game. But I don't want to just save your blushes, Zoe, but we'll, we'll do it anyway. Um, but I've just how impressive Zoe, Zoe been over the last... Um, 12 months or so oh, I think she's been exceptional like we talk about on-pitch performances you brought the the way that you lead with your dominance in your car I mean your carrying is one of the best out there I've seen a little video of you coaching it as well this week it's just you know all your final detail your work rate is something that then allows you to have all these ball carries opportunities your work rate in defense to get off the line and put in the, the tackle you do you know it's from start to finish your performance and I think we've just seen you grow and grow and and I've been there where you were having injury problems and you couldn't consistency and and I think the biggest area of growth I think you know your playing ability has always been there but I'd say your leadership skills and how you were that quiet player but now you're at the forefront you know let you're leading England out and just a couple of weeks ago you've been leading across the heartbreak I mean for me 
that would be the biggest area of growth that I've seen from you. And I mean, have there been some players that have helped you bring you along that journey to really find your own voice and to believe in yourself and have the confidence to lead, not just by your actions, but also, you know, in those meeting settings as a captain, you know, talk us a little bit through that. Um, I think, so obviously Sunt was absolutely amazing when I did get called into that cap, uh, captain role and um, she sat down with me, like just basically told me that there was no pressure for me to speak anymore that, that I do already and that I lead by my actions. And I think that's a, like, a big thing. Like my leadership is through my actions rather than um, the words that I do say. Um, so Sunt was massive in that in that. Um, in those days leading up to me being actual captain but even before that she like helped me so much like through the line outs um, and then also seeing like Abby Ward like she's a, an amazing role model like she's got great leadership skills and um, so being being able to learn from her as well like how she delivers things that sort of stuff and also help um, with the psychology psychologists um just sitting down with them, like learning my own leadership styles. Like it's a bit more of an authentic leader. Like I'm not that like, well, I am direct, but like, um, like I've worked, I'm not like, if we have these colors called like red, blue, I'm more of like a, a green sort of leader, if that makes sense. So I want to say nice leader, but I mean, other people are. <laughs> yeah, I don't even. <laughs> You're more not too aggressive. Than more carrot than stick. Yeah, no, we get you. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so a lot of work with the psychologists um, um, around that as well. So, yeah, they're, they're the main people that have kind of helped me to develop my sort of leadership skills. And then also the, the girls like who um, that I have the chance of leading, they're like amazing to lead because it makes it so easy for me to do my job if they like listen, if they are like understanding that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, yeah, I, I was just going to say exactly the same. Birth. Yeah, talking to Sean Lynn down at uh, Gloucester Hartbury, and he, yeah, he, hugely impressed with um, with the way you're really, really growing as a, a leader, and still only. Tw- it's a bit rude to say the lady's name, uh, age, but still only twenty five. <laughs> That's uh, unbelievable. I mean, um, Marley Packer's forty seven, and she's still putting it out there Ooh. for the Red Roses. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. Miley and I are tight. That's fine. Um, so you've got loads and loads of years ahead of you achieving so much. What 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 else is to 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 do? Um, you know, we, we, we're in a huge well, we're in a huge year, aren't we? For, for women's rugby, you've got Six Nations. Are you approving of the Super Saturday and that the way that's that's fallen as well? Yeah, I'm definitely um, happy that it's got its own slot. I think um, obviously, I think when you have it at the same time as the men's, there's so much rugby to watch, and not everyone gets it all in. So having it at a separate time gives people to watch the rugby Six Nations. Uh, the men's six nations and enjoy that. And then they can watch ours and enjoy that. Uh, and what else is left to achieve, Zoe? 25, you've done it all. Obviously going to smash the six nations. Um, the world cup's yours to lose, isn't it? Yeah. That is the big girl. Win the world cup. That is the Win big the one. World cup. <laughs> that, that would be an unbelievable 12 months for you. It really, really would. Zoe, thank you so, so much for joining us. Uh, it's been a, a real treat. I know you've been, been a, a busy lady doing interviews left, right and centre. So we appreciate you you taking the time to, to come on the WRP. And all the best for the rest of the season and the Six Nations and beyond. We'll see you on our touchline very soon. Thank you very much. 25 years of age, birth. And, I mean, it's like she just won a, a sort of raffle at the local primary school <laughs> yeah, i know right i mean talk it's... about yeah you can post all your sweeping of trade rooms on on social media you like um but I mean, that, that's that's truly <laughs> humble isn't it 
from you from only took 12 minutes johnny only 12 minutes only 12 well <laughs> now i know and now i know how we're going it's yours is coming um yeah no just hugely impressed such a humble individual she doesn't you know go out there and shout about her work and what she's done. And she has had a really difficult time with injuries back to back and significant ones as well. And for her to come back and to play as well as she has at club first and foremost, and then for it to then go into another level at the international level, it's just been incredible for her to see. And and look, I think we have to mention Poppy Cleal has been absolutely outstanding as well. So for them to be going head-to-head against one, one another, you know, a lot of people would have favoured Poppy f- to win that award because of the amount of, um, you know, excellent game that she's been playing. But I think in the same respect, you know, you think of just that last game, how Zoe led, the way she scored that try. I mean, don't score tries like that. And, you know, she's been moving from back row to second row. She's gone into a leadership, leading the line outs and and also then captains in the side. I think it's just been such a whirlwind for her and she's probably just not taking it all in and that's why she probably just comes across of quite you know blase about it but the, the her description going I keep thinking about the world and then literally drew a world with her fingers <laughs> to give her the visual idea of what it actually means not just in the Allianz not just in the UK but not just in Europe it, the entire world, Zoe. Oh. Yeah, that's right. I was on the phone and this email. Um, yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I, 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 absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, you know, two, two, two and a half, three years ago, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, that, that combination. Um, uh, O'Donnell, uh, Moana Talling was 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 coming through. Harriet Miller Mills can always play across the back five. Probably Clear was doing the same. Um, yeah, I know she was injured at the time, but she's come a, a huge, huge way in a very, very short space of time and still at 25 years of age and she's dissecting her game. Um, that was her longest answer, wasn't it, about her own game and, and what <laughs> yeah. she can do better. Unbelievable. But um, no, she's um, a phenomenal player. And yeah, it was going to be one of the two, wasn't it? Uh, Probably clear, obviously, one uh, Women's Six Nations Player of the Year. And Zoe Allcroft has now scooped the big gong. Um, from World Rugby. I'm Lynn Cantwell and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Buzz. Speaking of these uh, World Rugby Awards, they also announced their Team of the Year berth. It included uh, six French players, five English players, one New Zealander, one Welsh, one Canadian and one Italian should I do the forwards, you do the backs? Yes. Disha from France at uh, Loosehead. Socha from France. At hooker, Sarah Byrne on the tight head from England. Sefa in the eye with Abby Ward in the second row. French and English combined. Zoe Allcroft, World's Best Player at six. Karen Pacqua from Canada. And she's still going. Unbelievable. Brilliant player. Uh, and Poppy Cleal at eight. And at number nine, I had Laurie Susan from France. Um, at number 10, Caroline Jouen, Jouen from France. Also, Abby Dow in at number one from England. Patrice Rigoni from Italy at 12. Stacey Flula, friend of the pod, at 13 from New Zealand. 40 is Caroline Bouillard at, from France. And at fullback 15 was Jazz Joyce from Wales. 
Jazz Joyce on the pod just a couple of weeks ago. Um, yes, uh, great, great uh, news for, for all of us. But I'm really, really pleased. Um, there's an Italian in there. Uh, Rigoni's been brilliant for, for Italy for, for many, many years. Uh, and for to get her in, a Canadian as well, Karen Pacqua. Uh, that is, is brilliant. Continuing on, on the world rugby theme, Irish legend Dr. Claire Malloy has been inducted into the Hall of Fame. We may well have to do a special little series because there are some proper legends who have hung up the boots of late. Uh, Claire Malloy being one of those. Obviously, our friend Katie Dana McLean, uh, MB, um, Lindsay Pete. Um, I don't know. You may, may well know Senny Napu. I've heard rumours, but I don't know whether the boots have been hung up or whether you're at liberty to say or not. Uh, but we may just have to do a special little series just talking to these people about their life and times. Uh, but yeah, huge congratulations to Claire Malloy. Fully, fully, fully deserved. The good news just keeps coming in women's rugby. Uh, the Women's Player Association has been launched uh, for new players uh, in rugby union uh, from the Premier 15s and down. The current RPA, Rabbi David Hopley, deals with the England players, I believe. Um, so this is uh, going to be for the, those players sort of underneath that, led by CEO Daniel Nolly Waterman, alongside Emma Lax, Polly Barnes uh, and Holly Hamill. The organisation will fund medical, legal and welfare support for members at a cost starting at just £1 a year. Currently, players on England contracts can join and access the Rugby Players Association, even though it doesn't extend to those premiership players, as I was saying, to the amateurs and semi-professional players. Um, and it's just, it's just, it, it's another step, isn't it? Uh, recognition of just how big women's rugby is, is growing and, and where it's going and people not afraid to say, well, yeah, we need that. Who's who's going to do that? Then? I'll, you know, I'll, I'll crack, crack on and do it. You're, you're a great example of that. And, uh, and now Nolly and, and Polly and the rest have, have done the same. Yeah, I think it, it's definitely the work that they've put in over the last year to get it to where it is. It's definitely something that's needed. And it all came from, you know, is that work coming out from the Allianz Premier 15s that things weren't quite right and players weren't being particularly looked after well or educated very well. And, and you know, like you said, the, the RPA do look after the Red Roses very, very well. And they're not in a position at the moment to be able to step in and do also the Allianz 15 because they, they represent professional players. It's quite a tricky one, especially when you think about women um, in that kind of professional elite area. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to seeing how this plays out. They've had really good communication with, you know, a lot of stakeholders. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to CSGOs and, and being informed and involved um, on the peripheral. Yeah, indeed. So, I mean, basically sort of creating a minimum standard across the league uh, for, for players' welfare can, can only be a good thing. So, no, it's um, very, very well done to to all those involved. So, yes, uh, get involved. They're uh, across social media. Uh, WRA. I'll tell you what we haven't mentioned, Berth, is the uh, Women's Sevens Player of the Year. Absolutely shocking of us. Who is the World Rugby Women's Sevens Player of the Year, Rachel Burford? The seven, World Rugby Sevens Player of the Year is Anne-Cécile Sifani from France. She's been absolutely 
the electric for them this series, um, this year, sorry, for for France. Been an absolute game changer for them. Um, so, yeah, really pleased to, to see her win that award. Yeah, fair play to her. And, yeah, they were looking really good in the desert. Um, in between Pina Coladas is watching a little bit of the, uh, the, the women's, <laughs> women's play. That's very hard work, actually. Yeah, to get, very, to get that in there. It was tough. Um, um, yeah, no, they, they impressed actually. The likes of France, who have always been on the circuit, but kind of near, near near down the bottom. The likes of Brazil, really uh, big GB, uh, one of the last games of, of the tournament. Really, really beginning to sort of yeah spread their wings a little bit on the on the seventh circuit. One well, French rugby is just on a complete high at the minute, isn't it? Um, Delicious that prospect of the Red Rose against France at the end of the Six Nations. Uh, cannot wait. Mm. Um, but let's move into some club rugby then, Rachel Burford. Uh, back with your boots on, back all laced up. Um, we'll just go go through, sort of just touch on the results of the weekend, but more your sort of feelings uh, about these teams so far this season. Get a sort of uh, I don't know, a third of the way through mid season review, Th- third, third season review. <laughs> You know where I'm coming from. Anyway, pre um, end so of the yeah, year. Yeah. Pre pre yeah, yes. A twenty twenty one review. Uh across the heartbreak takes <laughs> a tight one. Uh against uh top four Exeter Chiefs. How impressed have you been with, with Gloucester Heartbreak? They they're quite often on the wrong, wrong end of, of these these tight ones. And they were the week before, weren't they? Uh against Saracens. I tipped Exeter to win. Uh Sarah Hunter tipped. Uh, Gloucester to him and fair play to her. But what what have you made of Gloucester so far? Yeah, well, I think that result was, it it was coming to be their time, wasn't it? That was like the third fixture, even when they played against Harlequins, they they just lost in the dying moments as well. So I just think seeing a real mature a team maturing, and you know, you yeah. when you go through real tight games and hardship, you do really learn from them because you overanalyzing those kind of things, and then actually you learn so much more. Um, but I think we're just seeing a side that's really starting to mature more. There's obviously you get there's more international players there, which you know, plucking one or two players back into like a, a solid pack or a pack that's quite young with a Zoe Allcroft and then Banana Capeless and then a Kirsty Stommer that goes in there, and then all of a sudden you bolster that experience, that knowledge, and then it kind of has this ripple effect. But I think it's been really pleasing to see that they've taken that next step and you know, feel for Sean Lynn, who's like, you know, on the edge edge of beating, you know, the top four teams and then just slips away. So really deserved to win that game at the weekend against Exeter. Um, You know, they they played a really, really game against them and and didn't give ex-Chiefs any opportunities. Although I would say that that try was a try. Um, So I think Susie won't be too happy with that one. But, you know, you've got to play what the ref plays on the day. Yeah, you, you do indeed. Uh, and next to themselves, um, brought in Steve Selvin, uh, now new uh, forwards coach. Uh, they're Galacticos, but they're, they're a tough side to beat. Oh, they're so strong. They're so well drilled and have such clear clarity on their roles. And then that's really hard to break down. And they're just really tough. You know, they're just tough players that just get knocked down, they get back up again and they still run as hard as they did the first 10 times, you know. And it's they're a team that's really well-structured. 
um, you know, their game management is pretty good considering, you know, Susie's missing a lot of midfield at the moment. She hasn't got a, an out 10 at the moment as well. And um, so she's having to juggle play Kate Zachary, who's doing a fantastic job in the centres, but not her, her best position for her. Um, so, you know, they're riding a bit of a wave at the moment with some injuries, some setbacks. And so it'd be interesting to see how they kick on in the new year. Hope have some of their players back and have players playing in the right position. Um, but their their forward pack is just they're tough. They're just made of something uh, that's you know making them stronger down in those waters down there. I, I mean, that, that's a, a point that's just a made was actually just that that travel down there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, it's a little like the uh, Newcastle men, isn't it? Nobody oh go all the way. Yeah, you know, before you've even got on the bus or the coach or got on the car, or on the train, uh, it's already oh you've got such a long way. Um, yeah, that's. I think that that is part of it. Are they going to finish in the top four? Beth? They definitely have the capability. I mean, I f- I think that this year is just so fascinating. It's you know everybody's lost now. Um, there's still so much to be playing. Uh, they can definitely, they can definitely be in that top four. Uh, moving on to Loughborough. Uh, Gasell, wasn't it? Uh, 27 0 to, to Loughborough. They seem to have um, got back on the treadmill. <laughs> <laughs> I keep using that one. Yeah, no, again, another side that's had um, players away, whether that was, you know, with sevens, whether that was away preparing for qualifiers. They're suddenly getting their whole squad back together, being able to perform in the way that Reese and, and Santa will want them to. Um, I think this weekend's game is going to be a real marker of of where they are. Um, and yeah, I think because I think Bristol were on that wobbly um, stall at the moment, um, and so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they go this weekend because I think that be the real marker of where the Loughborough Lightning team is. Uh, and sale, I, I guess uh, Kate Amberclay, MBA, um, would would want um, just growth this year, and uh, their, their players playing better rugby, getting some experience, and them as a team beginning to to build and come together. Can you can you see that? Yeah, I think naturally, look, Katie is the ultimate competitor. She want to win everything, but you know, I was experiencing what that side is like they're full of passion and desire and the want to play and win games you know they don't give an inch and I think you know she's building what she's just stepped away from her boots as well so that's a big 10 position that's now being filled and I think you know for her she'll want to keep building that that year of new players coming in learning from experiences of playing away, playing against the likes of a Saracens and and Harlequins. What can we learn from that? And I think next year, you know, there may be some more recruitment over the summer, um, but next year will be the real where she'll probably set some real realistic targets for that South Sharks team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Wasps ran 11 tries against DMP, uh, five from Andy Boatwood, who's having a a very, very good season, uh, getting uh, some sevens experience as well with with GB sevens, uh, 70 nil. Wasps continue to score tries for fun. (laughs) Yeah, um, and that's uh, even without Abby Dow around. It's it's quite scary what they can still produce with, you know, also with... 
um, without Meg Jones in the, in the side as well and Celia Quonsa away. And But, yeah, look, I think Wasp, they've been a threat. They've got such incredible, talented players. Um, and I think, you know, for them to have that result, it, you know, we played against DMP, play your style of that you want to play and come off the back of that is really important. Um, but they'll know that, you know, it's a different challenge coming up, as do we. And, um yeah, I think, you know, when when Giselle has all the players available that she can have, they're a top four side. Um, and that's what we're, everybody's kind of, you know, people are worried this year about whether they can get into that top four because of how competitive it is when when teams are fully loaded. And it's, I mean, before we go into the, 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 the last uh, sort of result from the weekend, um, it, it's now, we certainly knew the top two, the last few years, um, we know what the final's going to going to be. We could probably guess the top four as well. In fact, we I think we we've, we've probably done that successfully the last couple of years. It's now six squeezing into four, isn't it? And that makes a big big difference to to the viewers and all the rest of it. Yeah, it does. It, it you know confidently I say we'll be in the top four as a Harlequins player, but you've still got to make sure that every game you play matters. Yeah. Whereas in the past, it wasn't. As much, you know, the only kind of loss the top one and two might have had was against each other, and they didn't really need to worry outside of that. And you know, there was a couple of upsets here and there, but now, you know, I mean, look at what just Worcester just almost did at the weekend. You know, so you literally can't expect to to turn up just beat teams, um, you know, without doing the thorough preparation and being prepared to how they're going to play and, and have done your analysis and, and come up with a game plan to beat them. You can't just turn up to these games. And, and that makes it fascinating, makes it pressure. It makes it, you know, as a viewer, don't know who's going to win this weekend, don't know who's going to end up top four. Oh, it really matters if they get a bonus point, you know. So all those kind of things, talking points and excitement come into it because it is un, you're, you're not sure. You can't put your finger on who's definitely going to be there. No, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you are um, oh, back to that uh, that result of the weekend between uh, Worcester and and Bristol. Worcester narrowly missing out um, on, on a on a big big upset. Would have been a big upset, um, but uh, the Bears fought back in the second half to win fourteen twelve. Uh, and we did, did touch on your game thirty six seventeen at the Stone X. Um, that's I mean that scoreline is is is. Is a nice one to have. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I was impressed. Uh, I thought Jay Conkle was um, was was immense. Um, happy with your with your troops, your charges. Ah, uh, so happy. I think all week, everything we discussed and everything we wanted to implement, we did, and I think that's probably our best performances as a side um, from start to finish. And we weathered a few patches within the game. Um, but yeah, I just think that it was for me just the work rate that our team put in. I was watching it back, and every time somebody made a tackle, they literally they were back on their feet within two seconds. Um, and just the will and the want because you know, you give Saracens an inch, and we've been there so many times where we've gone on top and then we've given them an opportunity, we've given them a sniff, and they've come back and they've beaten us. And I remember looking up at the clock. 65 minutes, I think, uh, I think it was Botch just scored. And I thought, oh, God, we've been here before. Here 
Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. And it wasn't like we go, oh, we're going to lose. But I was like, right, what do we need to do differently that we haven't done before? And I think we've really learned a lot of lessons and that we're able to put it into that game. And like I said at the start, like we we wanted to play our way and we had a real intent right from the get-go. We wanted to move the ball. We wanted to play with some flair in the Quinn's way. And coming at half time, we were in a really good position but let's not try and hold on to this because that's the worst thing you could do is just try and hold on and not lose the lead. Actually, let's go and keep trying to push this lead on. And, and yeah, just genuinely really proud. And I think John Carroll was just unreal. Her ball carrying, her speed. On, I mean, she was questioning whether she was going to be able to play because she had a bit of a tweak in the week. And then, you know, to pull out an, a performance like that, she did it last time when we played there as well. She was unreal. But I think just, I mean, Sarah Beckett, I mean, my entire back row were just phenomenal. Um, you know, even Rosie Gallagher, like the amount of tackles that she put in and, and you know, you know it's, it was just so impressive. I think everybody really stepped up their game. They really took on the challenge um, and we really rose to it. And so, yeah, really proud of the win. And, and look, we, we didn't know about the record. We didn't know what we just prepared like it was a game, another game. It was a big one. But we didn't kind of focus on any of that noise either. Yeah, because that's the first time we lost at home since um, eighteen seventy four. <laughs> uh, so, which is, was, I mean, less amazing what they've done there. Like, it's amazing you know, still, you still playing Alperf. You, you play <laughs> um, but no, it was a, a hell of a record. That um, yeah, three three years, I think it is, isn't it? But um, if not longer, for to a at home. Um, but yeah, no, um, a great result for, for you. All that means that uh, Bristol uh, take the lead with 35 points at the top of the table with Saracens in second on 33. Harlequins close, closing in and behind on 29 points whilst moving to that top four head of Exeter Chiefs. So round nine next weekend, DMP Durham Sharks against Exeter Chiefs, Love for Lightning against Bristol Bears, Sale Sharks take on Saracens across the heartbeat travel to Worcester Warriors. That those are the only fixes, aren't they, Beth? <laughs> Come on, here you go. You can do your sales pitch now. You can do your sales pitch. Yeah, so we have the big game 13 at Twickenham Ooh. Stadium on the 27th of December. Really excited. I think yesterday it was something like five or 65,000 tickets sold. So super excited to play in our, what is our second big game. Um, but, yeah, get your tickets, come down. Um, or if you want to listen to Johnny on the comms that weekend but yeah come and get down get involved come and watch the game really excited for that one and you know the I, last I, time we played there sorry go on no no please carry on i was just gonna say the last time we played big game was obviously against leinster and you know playing games always mean things but moving it this year to being an actual fixture that contributes towards the league. There's so much riding on this. Um, you know, Wasps are going to be fully loaded. It's going to be a really epic, epic game. They're looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to my, my cousin last night who lives, lives in Twickenham, but she's not a rugby fan in the slightest. She's taken her son and her godchildren and whatever to, to the big game. So, it's a brilliant, brilliant occasion. You're about quarter past two and the men are following that, the yeah, main course first, and then then the dessert. Um, and um, it, it's a brilliant, brilliant family day out. The lights go down. There's, there's DJs and fireworks and and light shows. Yeah, 
all the rest of it. It really is a cracking, cracking family day out. So, um, and that really is the, the, the tone of it. It's a, it's a really good family day out. So if you haven't got a ticket, um, then, then grab yourselves one. Uh, because it's a it's a great day out and um, support women's rugby with your with your wallet and your feet. Uh, and if you can't, then uh, that game will be broadcast live on BT Sport. Um, so awesome! Now with the rest of the news from around the world, <laughs> Nandi Butelazi, Nandi's news. Thank you, Johnny. Great to be back again this week. I hope everybody's enjoying the festivities of the year 2021 as we do reach the end of the year. But to get into the news this week, Ireland in round nine of the Energia or Ireland League, Balancholic lost at home against Blackrock College, getting heavily thumped 84-0, while Cook won against Malone, winning that clash 19-10. Galvegians also get a victory at home against Wilklow and winning that clash 22-7. Old Belvedere lose at home against Railway Union, losing that game 43-8, whilst Etonians also get a loss against UI Bohemian and losing that game 43-3. So going into the new year, Railway Union remain unbeaten in the table. The top four remain unchanged, with Railway Union and UI Bohemian in first and second, both on 39 points, but Railway Union leading on no losses. There's no Energia or Ireland League next weekend, but it does return in 2022. In the English Championship in the North, Barnsley lost at home against Cheltenham, losing that game 55-24, while Thurwood Waterloo get a win against Kenilworth, winning that game 17-8. Harrogate draw 10 all against Lichfield, while Sefton lose at home against Novocastrians, losing that game 29-0. West Park Leeds get a victory against Loughborough Town, winning 31-5 at home, while West Park Leeds remain at the top of the table undefeated with 8 wins from 8 on 40 points, with Cheltenham Tigers chasing in second on 37 points. Meanwhile, in Championship South, the top of the table clash between Thurrock and Bath was postponed due to positive COVID cases and will be rearranged. Blackheath, however, got a victory at home against Buckingham Swans, winning that game 50-12, while Old Albanians also get a massive win against Henley, winning that game 60-0. Supermarine also get a win against Hove, winning that game 26-12, while Reading Abbey win 12-0 against Richmond. Thurrock still lead the top of the table and 38 points, and Old Albanians moving into second and 35 points, and Bath in third on 34 points. Bear in mind that all these teams have a game in hand. Next week in round 10, we can look forward to fixtures where Cheltenham will take on Nova Castrians, Harrogate will host Kenilworth, Furwood Waterloo will take on West Park Leeds, Litchfield will take on Barnsley, Loughborough Town will go head-to-head against Sefton in the north. And moving over to the south, Bath will take on Buckingham Swans, Blackheath will take on Supermarine, Henley will take on Richmond, and Tharok will host Old Albanians, while Hove will host Reading Abbey. Looking south to France and Elite 1 in Pool 1, AC Pabogny lost at home against Stade René, losing that clash 18-10, whilst Lance versus Grenoble and Stade Francais versus Stade Toulouse both appear to have been postponed. And in Pool 2, Stade Bode get a victory against Lille, winning that game 23, while RC Chile Mazarin lose at home against AS Benes, losing that clash 25-0. Montpellier, however, get a victory against Lille, winning that clash 29-7. This means in the table, Stade Tulisier lead Pool 1 on 25 points with 5 wins from 5. Looking over to Pool 2, Montpellier moved to first place on 30 points with Stade Bordet in second on 28 points but with a game in hand. 
Now looking at our fixtures next week, and in Pool 1, ASM Rupunar will take on Lons, Stade René will take on Stade Francais, Grenoble will take on AC Pabogni, and Stade Tulisier will be on a bye. And moving over to Pool 2, Blackneck Rugby will take on Stade Borde, and AS Bernays will take on Lille, while Lyon will take, will take on Chile Mazarin with Montpellier on a bye. And finally, in the Liga Ipedora in round 9, the Complutense Cisneros versus Grad Residentia was postponed, while Olimpico do Pezelo get a victory against St. Guga, winning that game 2010. Eibar also getting a victory at home against Sansei Scrum, winning that game 33-23. Kativa Kokos bagged a massive 40-19 against Mahatonda. Mahatonda moved to the top of the table on 27 points, with Kativa Kokos and Eibar close in second and third on 26 points. And next weekend, in round 10, we can look forward to fixtures where San Kuga will take on Grat Residentia, Sansei Scrum will take on Olimpico de Pozello, and Mahatonda will take on Eibar, or Kativa Kokos will host Complutense Cisneros. That's it from me, Johnny. Catch you soon. I'm Marley Packer, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Nadi, thank you very, very much indeed. It's mean, really, isn't it? The, the teams that we get her to pronounce, and she absolutely <laughs> nails them every single week. Uh, absolutely brilliant. And you and I struggle with the, the, the Prem 15 teams, let alone um, <laughs> the, Spanish, the Spanish, French and Irish. Um, Nadi, lovely to have you um, bring us all the news. Thank you so much. Seasonal greetings to you. But that's it, Berth, for another week. Pod 96 of the regular weekly pods closing in on the century. Oh, we're going to have a party. It won't be allowed. Live. We can have a small gathering at number 10, but we're not allowed to party anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, And we'll move away from the political chat now. Um, yeah, we, 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 there's a few little bits in the pipeline just ticking along. Um, but no, um, yeah, ticking towards that 100. Not quite sure what we're going to do next week or over Christmas. Uh, we might sort of pre-record one of those uh, Life of the Times of, actually, because, yeah, it'd be nice to have a little bit of time off over, over Christmas. But we'll we'll do something around the, the big game as well. But uh, great, to, great to see you. Great to see you back on the field. Uh, thank you to the builders for, for shutting up shop for the last hour or so. Um, <laughs> But no, great to, great to have you on board, Berth. Now you can do your sales pitch for the pod. Well, you can find us pretty much everywhere on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Just follow at Pod Women's Ray. Indeed. And uh, we, we might be doing a, a little uh, giveaway, actually, as well next week. We've got really cool bobber hats and coats and all the rest of it. Uh, pinks and chewies are the WRP colours. www.hallbro.com forward slash WRP. That's www.hallbro.com forward slash WRP for our stash, our latest stash, men and women's, of course, uh, from us and from Hallbro as well. Thank you very much, Fergus, for all of that. Uh, thank you to the guys behind to Bluebell. Whoop, whoop. Uh, to Tom, to Sean, to Nandy, to you, Berth. Stay safe. Where are you at with your Christmas shopping? Don't. Right. Okay. 
we'll move yep. on really, really quick. You've got something for the dogs, <laughs> but nobody else, right? I haven't even got it for dogs. Oh, my God! Bar no, yeah. right, well, humbug. Rachel, Bur- <laughs> Rachel Burbage is uh, going to click on Amazon, and um, I, <laughs> I'm off into town to go small Christmas. Everybody, stay safe, take it easy, and we will see you next week. Bye.